and welcome to Blue Royalty, a Londoners Blue podcast dedicated to the Chelsea women's team. I'm joined today by Abdullah Abdullah and James Lewis. James, how have you been? It's been a while since we've had you on. What have you been up to in the off-season? Just trying to convince people to join Arsenal, really. Not much has really happened <laughs> yet, but still got still on the blower trying to make things happen. We'll see, You're we'll personally see. calling people up. You've been yeah. chatting to Leslie and... Uh, I, haven't been, I haven't been chatting to them. They haven't picked up, but I've been calling them. I've been <laughs> calling them. I've been, making, I've been wheeling and dealing. You're like, please, everyone's injured. We need somebody <laughs> to come in. I respect it. I respect the hustle. Over yeah, here, yeah. we get we get our business done nice and quick. So we've, you know, Must I've be nice. been on, I've been on a deck chair just chilling. Don't need to go anywhere. <laughs> um, we are here today. Obviously, our most recent episode was on Alejandra. Bernabe, a new addition for our class of 23-24 loan army, but we still haven't had a chance to look at our 22-23 loan army. So that is what we're going to do today. We're going to go through the players who went out on loan last year, a little bit of reflection on how their seasons went, and then discuss what we think next year might hold for them. So players we're going to chat about are Anik Nowen, Aggie Beaver-Jones, Georgia Fox, Charlotte Wardlaw, Emma Thompson, Lucy Watson... Some of those played more minutes than others on their loans. Um, we'll get into all of that and what that maybe means for next year. Um, I'm keeping Micah Hamono separate just because I'm hoping we might get a full catch up uh, with a little Swedish expert about her progress in the next couple of weeks. Um, so we'll leave her for the moment because she's obviously still playing. Um, but we may as well just get straight into it with Anik. Um, obviously she's a little bit different to the rest of these players because she was established to all intents and purposes in the Chelsea senior team. She was here for the first half of the season. She played quite a lot of minutes last year. Um, Started one game in the league for us, one game in the Champions League for us uh, before we sent her off to AC Milan in January. Um, James, I'll come to you first. What what did you think of that decision when it was kind of announced that Anik was going to go and get game time? Um, not in the WSL. She had offers from the WSL, but but choosing to go and play in Syria. I thought it was a bit unnecessary. I, th- I thought it was quite harsh. because Really? <laughs> yeah, I, I saw her as a top defender already, like a top young defender. So I thought... She doesn't have to start every game. Like she's she's well, she's very self-aware. She knows like the people that are in her position. So I thought give her some time to just get sporadic minutes here and there instead of completely sending on her on loan. And if you're gonna send her on loan, send her to a WSL team so that she's well acclimatized to the league that she can be playing in. Yeah, it definitely was an interesting decision. I feel like the opportunity to play maybe for a better team um in Milan it was maybe an, an attraction there um she got a good run of games although it wasn't exactly the world's most watertight defense um there were some pretty tasty losses there 4-1 lost to Inter 3-3 draw with Fiorentina 3-1 lost to Roma who obviously won it all another 3-3 draw with Juve um so Abdullah she definitely had a lot of work to do in defense uh not entirely sure how well she was doing it given given the score lines um and she also seems to have she had she was starting for the Dutch national team and it seems like over the past kind of year she sort of lost that spot do you feel more down on Anique Nouwen's prospects now than maybe you were at this time last year in a weird way yeah because the fact that she went on loan impressed and then um 
and did well and then she's coming back where technically she's supposed to be in a better position but then somehow it's not as great because we've just got like four really good center backs now and to me she just seems like that extra player that should be there but i don't see a way there and 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 it's purely because of her in the pecking order of well you weren't there last season so you're automatically going to be fifth choice in in a weird way you know, with Bright Buchanan being the number one choice, and then Carter and then Mielda's, you know, renaissance at the end of last season, I think was 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 something that nobody expected. You know, otherwise you could have put you could have put now within that and then that four choice spot. I think it's a tough one. I would personally keep her around and 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 have her play decent minutes. I would I would bring her in as the as the you know the rotation option you know for one of the two and um really give us a minute because i think that that milan really you know i think for me that loan really did do a decent job i mean maybe it's not the worst idea in the world to send her back maybe not to milan but maybe to a step up maybe a, a juventus or, or someone like that to be able to maybe stop playing some champions league next season if she isn't going to be playing for chelsea so uh yeah i think another loan is probably in the offing what do you think, James? Because I guess what's interesting is this isn't necessarily entirely up to Chelsea. I mean, she does have a contract to 2025. But at the same time, like, I think I think there's potentially a role for her in the Chelsea squad. But as Abdullah's kind of already said, that that comes with minutes caveats because, yeah, it's hard to really feel like you'd want her to start over Jess Carter, over Marimielda, who are already kind of below that, that top pecking order. If you were in her position... What are you saying? Are you thinking like, okay, I back myself. I think I can come in. There is space. Like a centre-back has left and not been replaced in Magda Eriksson. Is that an an opportunity, an opening for her? Or do you think she's in the position where she's like, no, right now, like I want to be a starting centre-back like I was not Milan and maybe that's just not going to happen for me at Chelsea? Um, if I'm her, I'm just going to do my best to be that person that's handing out the waters, that's always talking to Emma, that's just kind of getting around and just doing my best to be amongst the team. Because opportunities will come, injuries will happen, and that's when she needs to show what she can do. I think she's kind of lost her leverage by not having the best of loans. So it's not like I smashed it where I was and now I'm here to really show you what I can do. It's kind of like I've got some minutes, I've kind of developed in my position, but I'm still not ready to kind of say I should be starting. So make sure that she's doing everything she can to be the best teammate possible. And then when she gets her chances, don't mess up. That's all she can do. Make sure she's solid and gives Emma something to think about. Like, I wasn't really playing you, but you showed me something incredible and now I can't take you out of the team. Yeah, Abdullah, it'd be interesting. It, when it, I think something I had in my head, and I don't know whether I've just made this up, is that Anik's always been like a very good passer of the ball. Um, and I was kind of like, oh, you know, with Ericsson moving on, uh, there's an opportunity there because she was probably the best passer of the ball at centre-back for us. Um, but then I like pulled her numbers and compared them to Bright, Buchanan, Carter and Ericsson, and they're not that hot um, when it comes to passing. So... Do you think that is something where where she could excel at? Do you think that's that's an area where maybe she she could have an advantage, or have I just for some reason made this up in my head? No, I think you're right because even for me, I feel like she is definitely a um, she's definitely a a decent passer of the ball. I mean, you're looking at these metrics here. There's a decent number of metrics where you look at you know pass completion percentage of long pass. Sorry of 
attempted passes of long passes, even completed long passes, you know, and and progressive passing distance, she's in the she's in the 85th percentile onwards. So I mean, it's in even medium and short passes, she's 75th and above, which is not great. But you know, I mean, arguably, how is she worse at the short completed passes and short attempted passes? I don't understand. Can she not pass two yards out, but give her a, a 70 yard ping and she'll she'll give you the best accuracy you can ever ask for? I mean, I don't I don't understand this. But yeah, no, I, I think I think she is a really good passer. And I think with the way Magda and, and, and Millie used to play together with Magda's long diagonals, I think I think Anik could could replace that. You know, I think I think playing for both Milan and, and early on in her Chelsea career, I think um I think is definitely something that helped. And she she did play a lot of that. Even even back when she was playing in Holland and for PSV, I think her, her progressive passing numbers were really good and and the other thing that she was also good at was was her uh was her understanding of of the play and behind so i think when you understand how to cover your understanding of where people are kind of positionally i think just kind of enhances and you know playing the dutch style of football i think i think really helps with with your passing game so you know i, I think i think you're right i mean you look at her I mean, even if you look at her expected assists right that's in the 93rd percentile yes it's only point not seven but <laughs> Still, 93rd percentile and passes into the final third, 88th percentile, 4.86. So there are some numbers there to look at and go, right, there is there is something to develop here. And there is a there is a, a progressive, creative center back that we have in our midst that sure, maybe isn't as hot as, as the rest of them. But then we got to look at the number of minutes, her age, kind of put all that together and go, she's probably the least experienced of all the center backs that we have. And she's still pulling out high 70, 80, 90 percentile numbers. Yeah, I mean, so she's 24 years old now at this point. I think for me, I'm like, I would I would take her back at Chelsea next season um, because if she's not getting minutes, she can always go again in, in January. Um, but I kind of feel like this season is very make or break for her at Chelsea because I don't really see the point in loaning out a 25-year-old centre-back, to be honest, which is like where she would be next season. I think it's a shame if she doesn't start for the Dutch of the World Cup because I think that would be a really good opportunity to see her, you know, against high-level opposition, see how she looks um, in a team where, you know, she's familiar with players she's played for for a long time, but maybe we won't get to see that at all. Um, but, yeah, I, I would I would take her back just because also we saw what happened when all our centre-backs uh, disappeared at the end of the season. Maybe I'm just paranoid at this point. I'm like, keep them, keep centre-backs, keep them around. Um, okay. We'll take a quick ad break here and we'll come back. We will move on to maybe the favourite to get into the Chelsea squad for next season, Aggie Beaver-Jones. So, James, I feel like Aggie Beaver-Jones had both a weird season and a hype season. And I'm I'm saying she had a weird season because she really didn't play as much as the hype gave her. But, like, I felt like the hype was justified when she was playing. I feel like with her, it's very interesting because I feel like she's put in the work in the championship already. What she did at Bristol City was enough to say, yeah, this is a player that's ready for the WSL, that can do great things. It's just difficult because Chelsea have an array of attacking talent. So it's like, obviously, you're not going to be ready for that yet. And then she goes to Everton, a team that look like they want to really trust youth players to really like help them. And then she wasn't getting the minutes. So I was really confused, like, is there something in training? Is there some... And I thought the same thing with Gio. I was like, Mr. Sorensen, like, what's happening? Like, you have these great <laughs> young talents and you're not trying to use them. So I feel like 
there's been she's constantly like on a leash she's not really getting the chance to really like express herself so I feel sometimes she is playing rash when she's on the ball sometimes she's trying to force things sometimes she she never really looks at her most comfortable because I feel Sorensen doesn't really know where to play her maybe that's why he's not starting her but then she's had that goal that really long-range effort that went in she takes on players like she looks really excited when she's on the ball she always wants to make something happen so I feel if anyone that looks like they could get into that Chelsea team, I think it's her. And I think she's going to be a star, whether it's at Chelsea or somewhere else, I think she'll be a star. Yeah, Abdullah, we were we were talking yesterday about um, Alejandra and saying what we really liked about her was that real willingness, like that fear, fearlessness to take players on. And I think Aggie Bieber-Jones has that, that same element to her game, doesn't she, where she wants to make stuff happen. Obviously, sometimes she wants too much to make stuff happen and she does almost break people's legs. Um, but aside from that, like, really sad ending to her, <laughs> to her season, which was more than a bit unfortunate. Um, I think I think James has touched on something there, which which is really important, that feels like Sorensen didn't know where to play her. And I don't think this is an Aggie Beaver-Jones thing because I felt the same about Jess Park in just that, like, they would be on the pitch but it was like they were just given these kind of free attacking roles. And I think to a certain extent that really helped Everton in build up. But then they'd also have these problems where they'd get to the final third and then wouldn't really have any other players because everyone had been given this license to roam, license to go go and find the ball. Um, which meant that when those younger players were playing, they got a lot of touches, they could look really good. But it wasn't necessarily like as structured a team. Um, what what did you make of kind of her her time at Everton this season and um, maybe how that set her up for the future? I think overall, I think she had a pretty positive season at Everton. I think it was one that showed a lot of maturity and a lot of growth. And I think as the season wore on, uh, you know, Brian Sorensen, I think, trusted her more and more. And she had, to me, just from the eye test, she started looking like she belonged in the first team. She, you know, she had that aura about her and to think that, you know, I am one of those players that has relied on. I'm a player that's responsible for, for helping making things happen. Um, yes, her goal contributions may not have been that much, but um, I think her overall play, I think was definitely more, had more of an effect on the way Everton played. And I mean, I mean, to be fair, yes, they had Katja Snowius and and Jess Park and 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 obviously Aggie Beaver Jones playing as a front three. So definitely could have had a bit more in terms of um in terms of uh finishing and, and things like that. But I think what I liked was I think I think you touched on it as well. I think I think passing and ball carrying, I think the ball carrying is probably my her most impressive thing that for me it was those short bursts in the final third. And so when she receives it say in the left half space, her ability to kind of drive on the inside towards the box, get to maybe to the byline cutbacks or go directly towards goal. I think that was pretty impressive. Um, and she kind of brought this directness uh, towards goal that I don't think many of the other Everton players brought in. I mean, you could, you could probably point towards Chess Park, but to me, I feel like she's a bit more of a winger and, and it brings you that directness in 1v1s on the outside. Whereas I think Aggie Beaver-Jones kind of gives you that same... Um, that same uh, sort of motion and that same kind of drive, but from from cutting inside and really, you know, forcing defenders into into their own box. And to me, she's kind of one of those players, I think, that has the ability to attract two, three players just from her play style. Um, 
and probably again it just comes down to finishing and comes down to how she goes from there to be fair there's that that that, that aggressiveness he talked about yeah it didn't really end well from her from her perspective with the red card but i think that can be maybe honed in but also used to her advantage because if she's got that aggressive streak to her then i think um then i think she she can definitely bring things bring an aggressiveness kind of sort of like the way Aaron Cuthbert brings that aggressiveness at Chelsea I think if you can bring someone in the front three like Aggie Beaver Jones to do that then I think you're you're really on to a winner but also the fact that she can play across the front line you know either side of the striker or in a striking position I think there is a there's a versatility there that helps and one that I think could really help Chelsea next season yeah I guess Abdullah did did touch on it there, James, that, you know, three goals and one assist from 1390s across this season. She's not necessarily a striker, although she can and has played there. She's not really either a winger, although she can and has played there. Like, is the goal contribution thing a concern in terms of how maybe that's stopping her from nailing down a role because it feels like she's maybe in a position right now where and this isn't a bad thing I think for a young player to, but it feels like there are lots of elements of her game that are done well um, but maybe nothing that feels like really really exceptional do you think that's gonna limit her moving forward I don't think so I think with Aggie Beaver Jones I think she's the one young player that's constantly trying to do things I feel sometimes she does really interesting flicks and she tries to take, like, do a skill to get past the player. And you don't really see that from young players. I feel like she's got that confidence inside her. So I feel she's only going to get better. I see her as a striker. I see her as a nine. But naturally, if the coach doesn't trust you as a nine, she's kind of losing recipes. She's kind of doing a winger job sometimes. She's doing a striker job. So I feel she just needs to get the right loan. I feel obviously she's not right for Chelsea just yet, but she needs to go somewhere where they will actually let her just consistently be a nine. A lot of her minutes, she's kind of coming off the bench. So the team's vibe's already different. They're not really on the front foot. They're kind of just trying to work for a result. So we're not really pushing people up. So that's obviously going to affect her numbers as well. So if she can get like five consistent 90 minutes in a row, you'd be able to more see her as a player instead of just that's the thing that slide tackle that happened it was like I'm a headless chicken I'm going to try and do something I've lost the ball so now I need to work to get the ball back and then that's happened but if you get more consistent time and you're allowed to make mistakes and not feel like you're not going to play next game then you're not going to be as rash yeah I I definitely think that's true and I, I think you know there was that just element of frustration but I also think you want to see more maturity from a player, even at that age, I think, in that position. Um, but Abdullah, it's kind of interesting what, what James is saying, you know, kind of suggesting she should go on another loan. But if she sees herself as a nut, I don't actually know, like, how she would describe herself. Um, maybe she is kind of keeping her options open. But, yeah, I, I certainly saw her as a nine more when she was in coming through Chelsea's Academy and at Bristol, and it's only been kind of... Um, in in her England time when they were playing Grace Clinton as a nine. So Aggie Beaver Jones was sort of playing on the right. And then for Everton, it's just been this weird like mix. But she's homegrown. There isn't a backup striker at Chelsea right now, or at least there certainly isn't a fit one, if we're going to count Kat Macario as maybe playing that role. Do you think there's room maybe 
even at least to say until January, give this girl a go in the squad. You know, she fits with the homegrown quota. We're, we know we're going to be missing Macario for a bit. Do you think she's ready to get that shot? Yeah, I mean, I'm not opposed to, to her getting that shot because I think, like you said, Kat Macario's minimum three to four months before she's really playing consistent 90 minutes for Chelsea. And and, and that'll and then even then you're probably looking at her playing as a number 10 rather than a number nine. Um, and by the time you get to the point of having to rotate, um, you know, rotate Sam Kerr out of this out of the number nine position into, you know, onto the bench and moving Makari up front. I don't think she'll have enough minutes in her legs in terms of fitness to be able to play a full 90 minutes there and kind of rotate in and out. So I think someone like Aggie Beaver Jones, who's now had the experience of playing in, in the WSL with a top five, top five, top six side, you know, yes, has played kind of all over the place, sort of, but still has the, you know, has the natural instincts of a striker. I think you would be amiss to kind of not give her that chance because yes, she's going to turn 20 years old soon, but I feel like she's, she doesn't feel 20 to me. She feels maybe a couple of years older than she is. And I feel like the way she's been playing, I think there is definitely enough about her where she can contribute at least for six months, because I think you basically keep her for six months then reassess Macario's fitness. If Chelsea feel like Macario can, can recover by, by January, February and, and, and stop playing consistently for Chelsea, then great fantastic but if they really feel like they need an extra player that to kind of cover up the extra 90 minutes and give Macario the you know the ability to rest and kind of come in every now and then then I think you keep her for the rest of the season but I can definitely see opportunities I mean it's it's better than playing Neve Charles as a false nine right I mean that was what we had to res- you know resort to last time which I'm not saying is the worst thing in the world but there are better options and when you've got a natural number nine just use your natural number nine, number nine, especially one that isn't just like fresh out of the academy. Someone who's got some experience, a couple of good loans, and and someone who probably deserves now a chance to to have a run in the first team. Yeah, I'd like to see her given a go. Um, I think there's lots of things going going in her favor. Uh, for, like the way the squad has kind of ended up, the, the homegrown quota, all of that. I think suits her. I also think there's an element of she didn't have a great WSL loan and and maybe you just give her another one. But this is what's going to be really interesting, I think, as kind of Chelsea's loan policy, which we're only going to see expand this season, obviously. But how that sort of starts to go with academy players, because once you've had a championship loan and a WSL loan, do you really want to like start thinking about another WSL loan? Like, yes, she could have had she could have made way more impact, could have played way more minutes. Um, you know, you think about how other loan players from other clubs impacted teams. Um, but then at the same time, you're like, well, at some point, you got to give it a go, either with your parent club or maybe say, cut your losses and and be like, well, I, but I want to be at a club that kind of wants me and, and thinks I can make it. Um, and again, that's something that obviously is also up to the players view as well. You know, she had, I think, interest in, in kind of permanent signings in in January and I think she could do a lot of jobs for a lot of teams lower down the table but it'd be really interesting to see whether it's something that that Chelsea do consider um someone who we won't get to see play next year sadly is Georgia Fox who did her ACL uh on the the end of the season um there's something like horribly funny in some ways about 
uh, both Georgia Fox and Aggie Beaver Jones playing like one half of football on their last games because one of them did their ACL and one of them managed to get herself sent off. Um, but yeah, they really, like neither of them had great ends to the season, unfortunately. Uh, for Georgia, James, this was like very much a rude awakening to WSL football, being at Brighton. Um, 12 starts, 16 appearances. So pretty good, like as, as the Lonies went in terms of minutes she got to play. And I think it's fair to say she looked one of the better ones in a pretty shambolic defence. I think... The rude awakening, I saw it coming because I watched, I think it was the under 17 or the under 19 Euros. And I saw her kind of get exposed certain times at that level. So I thought, yeah, the WSL is going to be, it's going to be a challenge for her. So I think it's important that she's had this. I think a lot of young players don't get this, don't get like consistent starts where it, you might not look the best, but you're learning every single time. Like I think most of the time her thoughts was she was just in the wrong positions. So just like the player that she's meant to be guarding, they're constantly goal side where she should be goal side. So I think these are things she can easily like work on and things like that. She's quick. She can cross the ball. And to be honest, she's got that attacking side to her as a fullback. So I think she's going to be someone that Chelsea are definitely keeping tabs on. And I think if she can defensively just get that bit of steel and just kind of make sure she wins her matchups, I think she could be a great fullback. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with James Abdullah that um, it's important to, to have that experience. And I think also, yes, she feels like a fullback who you can tell has sort of grown up in possession-heavy teams and maybe struggled in terms of like what the really good elements of her game are. Um, and I guess that was kind of like the point of going to Brighton, you know, this idea that you get um, to spend a season with Hope Powell, who supposedly was this person who was going to drill her defensively, and then that all went to shit because, like, literally, I've never seen a more disorganized defense than than Brighton, and ultimately, Georgia Fox isn't going to be able to fix that because uh, she's nineteen years old. Um, what did you make at a time at Brighton? I think what the positive element was was that when Mel Phillips came in and they did look a lot better, she actually was was getting more minutes. Um, it felt like Mel Phillips trusted her even more than Hope Powell in that weird uh, interlude where we had Jen Troyer there. Um, and I feel like she was the best manager out of the three. So I feel like that says something good about her view of Fox in, in training as well as as on the pitch, right? Yeah, yeah for sure. And, and I think I think if you if you look at that as well, I think it kind of gives you an indication that, you know, so, someone else coming in, kind of bringing in fresh ideas and, and looking at football maybe from a different perspective you know, see something in, in Georgia Fox that 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 really worked. I mean, you look at, you know, you talked about positives. Yes, she played a lot of minutes, which I think is is great. And most of those minutes, if not all of them, came as starts. So it's I think with the exception of one game, the rest of her starts were 90 minute games, which is which is great. It means, you know, she's she's lasting the entire game and doing, doing things well. And also she played a couple of games at center back as well, so I mean that that positional versatility kind of came into into the into the frame and um, kind of learning the the different positions in defense. I think I think go really really well. Yeah, it kind of sucks for a for a young defender who's going to come into a shambolic defense that you know you're not really going to learn, you're not really going to develop. Maybe you develop some grit and and some experience of of being battered by several teams week on week, and you know you you got to learn to deal with deal with that, but. Um, I think with the exception of that, I think it's just good that, you know, rather have a, a good end to the season than, than a bad end to the season, regardless of how you started the season. As long as you end it well, 
And I think you're uh, I think you're in for a good shot, which kind of sucks now that she's got her ACL and she probably won't play all of next season. But yeah, another WSL loan. If she doesn't Aggie Beaver Jones, then uh, I can see her coming back in uh, in the year after. Yeah. What do you think, James? Is this someone obviously, you know, she's going to be out for a year. Do you think that kind of means, yeah, you need to start thinking about another loan um, for the 24, 25 season? She's got a deal until 2025. Um but it's going to be quite hard almost regardless of of the environment she goes into right it's going to be really important for chelsea to to figure out where they where they want her to go um in terms of bringing her back and and the recovery from that injury yeah i think it's going to be um i think it'll be interesting i personally i want her to stay at chelsea i wouldn't send her on loan but i'd have a really study jess carter someone that can really defend and then if she can learn off a player that can really defend, I think that will help her massively. I think she's had the game time, so she's been exposed to a full WSL season. She understands all those kind of things. But now it's kind of like, I did my time at another WSL team. I want to come back to Chelsea and learn from some of the greatest players that know how to defend. And then I think that's what helps because she's done the opposite side now. Like, May Letizia, she was in that Brighton side and she was looking great in that side. But then her game's also gone to another level by being in United's defence. So I think you need to have a bit of both instead of going to another WSL team where they probably won't have possession as well. So I think I think she's putting her hours, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's definitely fair enough. I guess, obviously, the club will just sort of have to, to monitor how she does kind of come back from the ACL. Um, who knows, sometimes players come back quicker. Maybe you never know if there's potential for a January loan if, if for example, the tail wasn't as bad as as sometimes it is for players. Um, yeah, hopefully it, it's not something that hinders her development too much because uh, for me, she's always been kind of of this group, the one who I thought felt like the best or like the most precocious at an early age. I think Beaver Jones has probably like caught up with her in terms of like how she's performed on her loans. But um you know, look, this is someone who was playing in the, the Champions League for Chelsea two seasons ago. So which is pretty crazy, really, when you think about it. Um, OK, we'll take a, another quick break here and then we'll finish off by talking about three of our other loanies. So let's go on to Charlotte Wardlaw, who had a very weird situation this year. I think this is a great example of how sometimes loans cannot work out and it's not even something you can predict or plan for because she was at Liverpool last season when they were in the championship, played a really key role for them, 23 appearances. They win the title. She agrees to another loan move there. You're thinking, great, same manager, same players around her. She gets there, plays four times, only starts one game. Loan gets ended in January. Um, James, what did you make of that whole situation because from my perspective I just like I get that obviously Liverpool were looking to to strengthen their squad and you know there's different demands in the WSL but I just didn't understand why she didn't get a chance to play for them when she played for them all last year yeah I thought I was really scary I thought that was like red flag central I was like is there something that Matt Beard knows that we don't know that's kind <laughs> of like oh, okay I don't think you're ready for this level and to be honest, I'll, I'll be I'll be honest. I don't think that she'll make it at Chelsea. I think the fact that they've just kind of relinquished Liverpool, relinquished all kind of trust in her as soon as they got to the WSL said a lot. Because technically, if a young player kind of helps you on your run to the WSL, you're not just gonna like throw them away like 
we need to change up you technically like help them kind of develop as you're developing as well like what they've done with Missy Balkans like mm. as the season edged on they gave her a lot more minutes and they trusted her a lot more so I felt they kind of denied Charlotte Wardlaw of that and I thought if they're doing that they, there's a reason why they're doing it so it's tricky because we we're not seeing what they're seeing on the training pitch yeah I I, I totally agree it, it, it's tough I think it just felt like strange in terms of yeah, you obviously don't see what they're seeing on the, the training pitch, but to like give her absolutely zero um, was just some like, well, you're not even giving her a chance to kind of show herself in, in a match situation at all. Um, she went, played for Lewis. Uh, I actually saw her once because I went to that United FA Cup game. She looked good, but we knew she could play in the championship and look good. I mean, to be fair, that was against United and she looked good. Um, I thought I thought she looked like accomplished, but obviously in quite a like low pressure thing. You know, I don't think Lewis Lewis were enjoying being underdogs, so maybe maybe it was easier for her her to be there. Um, but Abdullah just kind of feels like we're in the same position as we were at the, at the start of la- of last season. She's a versatile player. She's someone who has been really highly thought of. She's captained like every England youth age group. Like this is someone who's clearly been seen as as a leader as much as like a good technical player. Um, but I, I see where James is coming from when he's like, mm, doesn't already doesn't really feel like it's going to happen for her at Chelsea necessarily. Is this just a case of try again next season and and see and hope hope you find her a WSL club where she fits? Because she's such a versatile player. It feels like she's such an obvious asset for anyone who's like in the bottom half of the WSL table. Yeah, and, and you know, you know, given given her age and everything, I think I think it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be totally out of the question to kind of give her maybe a couple more chances. I mean, she's twenty years old; she's only twenty one in February of next year. So, I, I think I think there's still. I mean, you look at, you know, we talked about Aggie Jones and 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 just you know just now and and her being you know nineteen, getting going on to twenty years old and having a really good you know, really good, good season now. And, and we talk about Anik Nauer and basically at the age of 24, 25, does she go on another loan after having a good one at the age of 23, 24? So I still think there's time. I'm not, I don't disagree with either of you when you say that, you know, there, you know, when James said that she may not make it at Chelsea, but I still feel like there's time to redeem herself. I think if she has one decently good loan next season at, at, and I'm assuming at a lower end table WSL club, right? If she can have a good loan over there, then I can maybe see her stepping up. But then, then again, her versatility plays plays a part. But then I think she probably might need to choose a specific role and a position that, in a weird way, maybe look at what Chelsea need in the next couple of years, right? We talk about versatility. We talk about players who can be versatile. Can, is this maybe an opportunity to say, okay, I want to go to, I'll go to X club and I'll play X position, even though I can play three, four different positions and I can probably move them when needed. But the main focus would be, would be, I mean, just take the Ruby Mace loan, for example. I mean, I, I find out later that, you know, when she's obviously, we you know, her as a center back, but the whole discussion between City and Leicester was, no, we wanted to play as a six. We want you to develop her as a six because we see her as a six long term. So that's the reason they went to Le- she went to Leicester's because they said they'll play her as a six because of that development. And I think if we can do something like that for um for Charlotte Wardlaw, then I, I think that there's something there because uh I think with minutes and someone who's versatile and, and, and Chelsea do have a few of those players, I think it, it definitely she could be an asset going into the next few years where I think 
in more positions than not, we are going to start looking at a turnover of players probably the next three years or so. So maybe priming her up to be a a 23-year-old coming into the side ready to go is is probably maybe the way to go. Yeah, I definitely feel like there are, there are plenty of clubs where it, it feels like she could make an impact and I'd really like to see her get, get a chance at WSL. Um, Emma Thompson, this is really getting into players where I'm like, this is tough when you're working with young, young players. Um, she was at Lewis as well, but she really, really struggled for minutes. She's got a deal until 2024. Two goals and assist in just over a thousand minutes played. James, do you think this is just a case of like sometimes players don't don't fit with the club? But like obviously when you're looking at a team that's kind of mid-table in the championship, you can't really get a game there. It's starting to feel like a very long way back when you can't. You feel like she needs another championship loan, really. Um, and I guess you do that and then see how she's looking at the end of the next year. Um, but it feels like that was kind of a, a tough year for her, a tough introduction for senior football. Yeah, I think with you also the parent clubs have to be very careful with who they send their players on loan to because naturally it it seems like she's not a fit for Lewis. Like Lewis were not really interested in helping her develop. So that's why her minutes were kind of sporadic. And Lewis seemed to have one, like Eddie Mason, she was their main attacker. No matter what's going on, she's going to play. So naturally it's like Emma Thompson has to fit around that when really she's gone there to develop. I think she scored a really great goal out of her two, she's got a really great goal and it was like, oh yeah, she, she might be interesting, but she didn't build on it. So it's kind of like, I can't see it working out at Chelsea for her because she's not really been given priority at her first championship loan. So it's like, I wouldn't give up hope, but I just don't, I just don't see it for her. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a tough one. Um, and finally, Abdullah, Lucy Watson, obviously like super highly rated, did her ACL in kind of pre-season, I think at Charlton, um, so didn't play at all last year. I guess this is a, a pretty straightforward case of you kind of start again and, and go for that championship loan and, and hopefully see her get some minutes this year, see her come back from the ACL. Yeah, I think so. I think I think there are just some players who just get extremely unlucky at the wrong time. And, you know, when you do something like an ACL, it's just it's so unfortunate because it each player is different when it when it comes to their comeback. You have players like um, you know, Ellie Carpenter and such. Obviously, the younger ones will 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 come back faster who and, and may have a good career to go ahead with it. But then you have players like Marin Mielder where she was she was she I mean she worked incredibly hard to come back from that from that really bad knee injury and 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 is now I mean if we really look at it it only it took till the back end of last season to really see the old Marin Mielder and that took a long long time being at an older age. So these injuries really do set you back, and and it's a t- it's a tough predicament when you haven't really established yourself yet in, in in a way. Yeah, I think I think another championship loan really built back up. You know, she's young, so I think she's got that on on her side. And you know, once you're able to do something like that, then I think it's 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 the way to go, and just just kind of you know slowly build yourself up in the championships, the WSL, and who knows, maybe one day Chelsea. All right. That wraps up all our loanies from last year. I want to finish off by asking you guys, who, if any of these players, do you think plays the most minutes for Chelsea next season? James, I'll come to you first. I don't think any. You don't think any of them play minutes for Chelsea next nah, season? Nah, I don't think. I think the way how the WSL, the amount of games in the WSL, I think there's just not enough time for managers to really take risks. Because sometimes you you wish that Emma Hayes, like, you know Chelsea are winning 3-0, like this game is done. 
why not bring young players on and just let them get an experience and like just build on that but at the same time you just want to make sure you get the w's because like before you know it, the season's over so players just don't get the chance so i just can't see any of them really getting minutes next season Abdullah, as you, are you as pessimistic about the future of our lone army do you think all of these players are going back into the pot for the 23-24 lone army what do you reckon no, I, I think I think one, if not two of them will make I think most likely one, but it's for me it's between Anik Nowen and 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 Aggie Beaver Jones. I think there's an obvious spot in a way for Aggie to come in, especially with Macario being out. Maybe I'm less so on on Anik, even though I really do feel like she should be in there and she should be playing. But then we've seen the amount of injuries that have caused us problems in the last season, especially in, at the back. Um so I can see both of them staying. I I, th- I think for me, both of them were the most likely ones to stay if anybody is going to stay. And if you're going to have the most amount of minutes between them, I'm just going to say, you know what? I'm going to say Anik now because you really have to see how Bright and Buchanan come back from that World Cup. Bright was injured at the back end of last season. We don't know what her fitness is like going into the World Cup. She's going to play games. How's that recovery going to be? Will she be fit for the start of the season? I don't know. And yes, you have Carter and Mialda in there, but you're going to need another centre-back there. And with rotation, Mialda's not going to play 90 minutes a game. Buchanan's going to need to be managed as well. Carter's also going to be playing minutes for England, most likely at left-back between her and New Charles. So with that, I'm going to say Anik now is my, my pick for the most minutes. I think that's a really good point. I hadn't really thought about, you know, how Chelsea might feel about those players coming back from the World Cup. And I think it is it is potentially something that the club would be considering, especially, yeah, given that, you know, Buchanan obviously missed time. Bright had, had a long time out. Um, and equally, yeah, Mielda and Carter, you'd both expect them to play uh, at the World Cup. Um, so I think I would probably lean towards now and I think that I think it would make sense to to give her a go for one more season and then maybe part ways at the end of the season if it doesn't work out there's like a lingering feeling in me that maybe Beaver Jones will get sold um just because I feel like she's the most sellable of, of all of these players at the moment and I think that that would make sense but there is also this this homegrown spot and if Chelsea don't have eight homegrown players then they can't have a full squad um and obviously that's something that like, I don't know what Beaver Jones's like opinion on that is, but my, by my count, if you take her out of it, Chelsea have seven homegrown players. Um, so I, I do think that that could come into play, but I don't know how much Aggie would want to come and sit if she has other offers from WSL clubs. I totally understand between her and the club if, if she wanted to make a move, if she wanted to go and establish herself somewhere somewhere else because I think she did the most out of all these players to, to really put herself in the shop window. Um, but yeah, be an interesting one to keep an eye on. And look, this list is only getting longer in terms of players next season who we're going to have to have our eyes on. Uh, so there, there's plenty of there's plenty of development going on and I think it's going to be really, really interesting over the next couple of seasons. I feel like Chelsea are well ahead of lots of other clubs in terms of what they're doing with this, but I think it's not without risks. Like we've touched on that, I think, you know, in, in this episode um, about how things can work out and how that can ultimately like stunt the growth of players and, and players can be left in limbo. And I think it's going to be, it's a, it's a tough tightrope to walk for for a club in terms of how you you show talented youngsters that there is a pathway and it'll be definitely something to keep an eye on next year because I feel like this was the first year where we had a really big chunk of players out on loan. 
Um, but that wraps us up for this episode. Thank you to Abdullah. Thank you to James for joining us today. Um, we will be back with you soon to talk about something. I'm not sure what. Um, but we will be back with you soon uh, next week. Uh, maybe maybe we'll get more announcements who are random players who we didn't know before. Uh, maybe stuff will come out and they will tell us where all these players are going and then this whole episode will become a bit defunct. Um, who knows? But until then, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.